the holiday season is upon us. So I was going to give some long narrative about how the holiday season is upon us and how I should... About how the holiday season is, you know, dawning upon everyone and how I should maybe uh, not say what I'm about to say. Because saying what I'm about to say, and I'm going to put it in air quotes whenever I say it, um, it, keep in mind I'm not trying to get, you know, blacklisted by no um, ISIS hate group or anything like that. Um, because I, I know that they have, like, very long arms, and it wouldn't be too hard to find out where I work, it wouldn't be too hard to, you know, for them at least, it wouldn't be too hard. And the government... The government, they even like, I have a feeling that there, there's people in the government who, it's their job to track them down, you know, and track down the ISIS militia, but they don't want to necessarily, and not only do they not want to, don't worry, this will all make sense in just a minute, I promise, it's not just some uh, ramble that's going to go on for 10 minutes, but anyway, um, they don't want to, but not only do they necessarily not want to, like, actually come out and say, Oh, I figured out who the leader of the ISIS group is and whatever. If they do that, you know, let's say Investigator Johnny was to do that. Johnny's going to be in a lot more trouble than he thinks. Because even though it's his job as a, an investigator, as a public official... For him to be doing these types of things, um, in order for him to make a living, you know, whoever's in ISIS doesn't care about that. All they care about is the fact that they've got Johnny's name on a list now, and they know Johnny's children. They know where Johnny lives. They know where Johnny works, and it's a government building. They could care less about Johnny's children, Johnny's job, Johnny's wife, or anything else for that matter. So, I think that that's why it's extremely hard for people to, like, um, actually find out, Oh, I got an idea. We should just bomb the hell out of them. Whoever's operating the the bombing cart that's that's bombing the hell out of ISIS, you know, whoever... Whoever's, I'm going to put this in air quotes, job it is to do that, regardless of whether the person was on the ground, you know, flying a drone, or regardless of whether that person was um, actually in the sky, just pushing a button just to drop the bombs on whatever Israeli in country that is. Also, if you haven't been reading the... Um, Oh, never mind, let me get back to that. Okay, who is it, who's ever job that is, you know, to drop said bombs, physically drop the bombs, not the um, governor who said, let's drop the bombs, who instigated that um, verbally, but I mean the person whose job it is to actually push the button, drop the bomb, the physical bomb, on um, whoever the the ISIS leaders are. My point is, I don't want to get blown up. 
because I was doing what I felt like was my job. Um, I'm going to put this in air quotes so that you all understand. Never am I saying have a Merry Christmas. Okay? Do you know why? It's because people have gotten blown up for saying that. People have gotten sued for saying that. And for that matter, it's politically incorrect. Okay? Not Christi Christianity is not as wild, widely celebrated as what it once was. So now, me, and especially me as a public figure, the host of a podcast, in case you didn't know, I have to say... I have to be politically correct, and I have to say, happy holidays. And I would implore, I would implore you, my um, esteemed audience, regardless of when you're listening to this, whether it be in December of 2022, or January of 2023, or any time in between the two years, or... 8 or 10 or 12 or 18 or 25 or uh, 35 years from now. For the love of God. If you believe in God. Please. Happy holidays. Over Merry Christmas. And the reason that I'm saying that. Is so that I'm not the target. Of some esteemed religious group. Um. Religion can get sometimes out of control. I'm not here to really drone on that for a, a long time. I feel as though that I've lost some viewers because of my past um, ramblings of, of religion and stuff of that nature. Um, but I do... I do hold myself to a religious standard, just not in the Christianity... Uh, bubble, if that makes sense, you know, nothing about Abrahamic religion makes sense to me, that's nothing to you, the religion is all about faith, so as long as you have faith, then um, I say, you do you, and I'll do me, the reason that I bring it up is because of the situation, I do believe it's in Dubai, or, or wherever it's at, um, apparently there's a large majority of women who are taking their rights back and not only do I bring it up because of that but also I also bring it up because of the whole holiday season episode that we're going to be discussing I'm not saying Merry Christmas okay you can't make me say it regardless of the fact that I just technically I just said it yeah I get it ha 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 jokes on me I said a word that I'd never say it's just like the old Matt Hardy Matt Hardy uh, used to do this thing wherever he would come out um, years ago, and then he would say, I'll never say that word. But if you never say, quote, that word, you know, then you never know what the word is that you're never going to say. It's implied that the word is, and in his case it was, die. He would never say die. He has that, do you get it? He has the never say die attitude, um, but his t-shirt pointed it out never say and then it would say die on it 
Um, but, you know, like Justin Bieber, I will never say never, you dumbass, you just said it twice. He's an idiot. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> back to what I was getting to, the whole situation in Dubai, I do believe it's in, uh, Dubai, either that's in India or that's in, um, an Israeli country of some sort. I know that it's not, I, I want to say it's in Dubai, but it's probably in some... Islamic country or something of that nature. So these 700, 800 women apparently got tired of, like, you know, them being oppressed, which makes sense. Um, the government, their government doesn't want to give them, like, any sort of, of speaking rights or anything like that. How come it is that you can walk down the street, you can go anywhere that anywhere in the world that you want to go, practically anywhere else except for um, these Islamic countries... Where their women can't even act like, you know, I, I don't mean to say this, but they can't even act like women, you know. But at the same time, the woman, a woman that you see on the internet's a different person than you're going to meet in real life, you know. Because, you know, you get on the internet, it just gets flooded with nothing but, but women and, and stuff like that. You know, I even had an idea. I was going to call the... um I forget the name of the place, but it's like the central headquarters for feminism or whatever it is. And I was going to ask them to speak to the man in charge. I'm sorry, that was a terrible joke. I know, I know, I'm sorry. It had some good, you know, build to it because, of course, uh, but talking seriously for a minute, though, the, the women in, um, I don't want to say India, It's it's not India. Indian women, or for that matter, Asian women, have like, you know, they're, they have rights, you know, and over here, this dumbass, whatever dumbass government over in, whatever, Islamic country, or whatever it is, you know, this is why I bring up religion, religion over there is like, ruining this, these women's lives, because, a woman can't go out without a man present. And if a woman's caught between the hours of 8 or 12 o'clock, you know, um, outside without a man present, you know, some guard will grab her by the, by the fucking arm and then ask her, where's her man at? You know, you should be at home. What kind of fucking dog shit is this? I mean, I don't mean to you know, curse or anything, but it's, it's, it kind of makes me mad, you know, it, it kind of, I won't say it infuriates me, but to a point, it, it kind of, and there's nothing I can do about it, you know, it is the part that sucks, because anything that I do, it just gets, oh, he's just some moron on the internet talking about it, you know, I praise women's wrestling a lot, right? And that's primarily what we talk about is wrestling. But if you keep up with, like, any other sort of news anywhere else in the world, then you're going to be almost forced to report on it in one sense or another. And don't worry, we're talking about wrestling today, not really uh, overly overly saturated religions in other countries and, you know, stuff of that nature. Um... But I just got to talking about, for some reason, the whole Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays thing, which is always an argument that people 
uh, say, by the way, we're watching a Christmas episode, seeing as though that it, I thought that it seemed appropriate that, um, we watch a Christmas, um, <coughs> holiday episode of Monday Night Raw, because I don't want to watch their December lineup of pay-per-views, because their December lineup of pay-per-views seems to be very, um, it's it's not very good, you know. <laughs> so unless, of course, I just re-review something that I've already looked at, so that I don't have to look at it. All I have to do is look at the notes. In which case, it kind of defeats the purpose of looking at it. You know, I'd just be reading notes off of a piece of paper. Speaking of which, reading notes off of a piece of paper. Um, these past few weeks I've actually been reading them off of my uh, computer right now I'm speaking from the heart I'm not really um, looking I mean I'm looking at my notes but I'm not um, speaking from what my notes uh, have to say also I found this uh, discord server under the hashtag hashtag free cash this guy has he showed me screenshots well he didn't show me he's primarily in his discord server in screenshots of his Discord server, he has 17800700 dollars, or 800,000, like you know, 375, you know, something of that nature. But um, here's here's why I think it's a scam. But I'm gonna wait for him to answer me. So. On Coinbase accounts, you can send him, you can send him uh, fifteen dollars, and he'll send you four hundred and fifty dollars. You can send him thirty-five dollars, and he'll send you eight hundred and fifty dollars. You can send him fifty, and he'll send you two thousand five hundred dollars. You can send him one hundred dollars, and he'll send you five thousand dollars on a Coinbase account. Uh, PayPal. Um, $30 will get you 1.4, 1.4K, so apparently it's like 1,400 maybe on your PayPal account. And $100 will get you $8,000. Now, I'm not really sure why he's doing this, but, um, you know, prior to what, some people might think, oh, it's a scam, it's a scam, stand back, it's a scam. Um, he's got really good reviews or whatever, so he says he'll send the money within 10 minutes. Whenever he answers my message, we're going to see how fast he sends the money. He says, quote, he has untraceable ways of sending money. I don't know who this guy is, but if I send him $100 and I get $8,000 in my PayPal account, I'm going to send him another $100 so that I can get another $8,000. I'm going to see how long, you know, this this chain, like every 10 minutes, making $8,000. I mean, that sounds incredible. Does it? Doesn't it? I would quit my job. Okay? You guys, you guys don't even know. Okay? You don't even know the money that I'm making right now in my sleep if this man is actually legitimate. Also, the person who had been um, 
instigating. Now, I won't make a promise and say that I won't be interrupted this episode, but it's happened four times. Welcome to episode 59, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mocha, by the way. This is the Gut Wrench Podcast. And in case you couldn't already tell, I was about to say something before I interrupted myself. So, the the person who's been instigating the interruptions that I've been receiving over the past few weeks is in jail. Cue the, you know, noise that, that's like um, where the jail cell kind of locks and it, it kind of like that, you know. Cue that noise right now, editor. If I had an editor, which if I make 8K, you know, I'll have an editor. Just so you guys know, I I would do like a giveaway. I would do like a $2,000 giveaway every fucking week. I would do more than one, but you know, I would do like 2K giveaway as long as you guys don't tell the government. You know, you don't tell the government. Everybody's happy. Everybody, everybody gets their bread, you know, including me. I need some bread. So... We're going to start today's episode. By the way, it was a Christmas Eve on Monday Night Raw in 2001. So, and a few things confused me. It's not often that I'm watching my favorite, you know, my favorite wrestling episodes and and a few things confused me. (coughs) It's not often that your boy gets confused. Let's just put it that way. It's not often... That someone can confuse your boy, just like this man right here, who who claims to have 8K, just just waiting. It's almost like it's it's in his back pocket. He's just counting it. He's just as soon as he answers my message, by the way, it's just waiting in his back pocket to be sent to me. Maybe it takes him 10 minutes to send it because he's he's too busy counting it to make sure that I'm getting the right amount. Anyway, and if he's got 17 million. It's it's not it. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you know what? You know what? The Rock comes out to great fanfare, and Jr. talks about the the fact that The Rock was a Miami uh, native. In a and I have a small nitpick. It sounds like Jim Ross is halfway whispering into his microphone because, and I I was making this small nitpick because WWE Network, right? They're supposed to like put all their all their stuff in like HD and I suppose it was the crowd talking over JR and he wasn't really yelling like you know yelling like this like he wasn't actually raising his voice to a higher standard a higher enough level to wherever you can hear him I hope that that wasn't too unpleasant for anyone, you know. I'm trying not to lose my voice, so I'll try not to do that um, either. So, anyway, it was a small nitpick, like, the, the, the pyro goes off, the show starts, you know. Everybody's having a good old time. There's two Christmas parties going on right now. There's Vince McMahon's Christmas party. And there's um, Ric Flair's Christmas party. So keep in mind that at this time, they're both um, co-owners of the WWF. And being co-owners of the WWF, 
you know, they're they're like, uh, you know, I'm the owner of the WWF, and then the Flair's over there, and then he's like, I'm half owner of the WWF. It was a weird time back then, but um, The Rock comes out to great fanfare. Uh, JR seems like that he's just, you know, talking at a very minimum level. The episode may have been in, uh, may have been digitally remastered, but for some reason they apparently forgot about uh, their audio. Uh, everyone's chanting his name as he comes out wearing his number 94 jersey. So whenever The Rock played uh, college football, keep in mind The Rock's, um, his original plan was to go pro, pro rather, in the NFL. He said that many different occasions, and I'm not sure why his original plan would be to go pro in the NFL. Seeing as though that his father and his grandfather were both professional wrestlers working under Vince McMahon. <coughs> working under Vince McMahon. Um, and if that's the case, why would you not want to work where your grandfather and your father have worked? <coughs> Talk about the hypothetical situation where if you were... Okay, so um, here on my notes, of course, I always come up with funny, you know, hypothetical funnies that I try to put into my notes just to make them more entertaining. So The Rock comes out, he's wearing the number 94. I'm pretty sure on the back of it, it's got it's got uh, Johnson on it because obviously his name, Dwayne Johnson. So if it were me and and. This goes for any sport, because I listed like seven or ten of them right here on my notes. Um, if for some reason I decided to take the route that The Rock took, you know what, Vince, uh, your son or your daughter, whoever, um, I'm a professional wrestler, you know, I'm a top-ranked athlete, but for some reason I, I find this contract dispute, hey, I don't, I don't like this, man. What what are you trying to do? Are you trying to smudge my my reputation? Are you trying to do something? Do you want to talk to me? Well, you better get to talking, cause I could walk out your door any moment. And let's say hypothetically that they they call my bluff, you know. Then I was like, all right, well I wasn't ready to walk out your door, but okay, I guess you're just gonna send me packing. Let's say that hypothetically they decide let me out of my contract. You know, I'm I'm too much of a trouble. I'm what you would call liability. Anyway, I go play, you know, golf. I go play soccer. I go play football, baseball, basketball, hockey, uh, anything under the sun, volleyball, you know, anything that has a jersey with a number on it. I'm going to have it sewn into my contract that I'm always to wear the number one. Because I'll be damned if I'm going to be number 94. Because that's 93 places away from the leader. No. I'm number one. Deal with it. Just like I'm the number one podcast. Never mind. Shut up. Shut up. I haven't been doing this for very long. So, The Rock also makes a prediction. He, um, he says that... He says that... In 
just like the Miami Hurricanes are going to win the Rose Bowl. Now, me, of course, in my infinite wisdom, I didn't do any research here um, to tell me what exactly the Rose Bowl is, but according to the way that he's talking about it, I'm going to assume that it's something along the lines of the WrestleMania of, like, you know, college football or the, the Super Bowl of college football. Uh, keep in mind, it is December the 24th, um, 2001. I'm not familiar with what it is, but it sounds like the college Super Bowl, yeah. Uh, college game, Super Bowl, whatever. The Rock says Miami was... The Rock, the Rock says Miami is going to win the Rose Bowl. The Rock's night before Christmas. So apparently the Rock speaks as though that... So he speaks as though that um, he had came out previously, maybe like a week or two ago, and he had read a book to the audience. And he does have a book. It's called The Rock Says. And if you haven't heard of it, it maybe it came out right around this time or something of that nature. But... um. I haven't read it, or I haven't read anything about it, you know. The man written one book. That was it, you know. Like, everyone else that I know has written at least two or three books. Jericho's written four or five books, for instance. Uh, Mick Foley's written three or four books. Uh, Mick Foley has a podcast. M Mick Foley has a, a stand-up comedy show that he used to do. I don't know if he does it anymore. Um... <clears throat> You know, like, Mick Foley's doing all these all these great things. Oh, he was also on an episode of uh, College Humor, if you had ever seen uh, his episode of College Humor. Um, it's, it's really quite, quite the episode, because there they are in those office cubicles, right? I'll, uh, I promise I'll make this really fast if you haven't seen it. And um, people are, like, walking by him, but for some reason, uh, there's, like... They start with like five people, um, not counting Mick Foley. And for whatever reason, one of them goes missing. He says that he's going to use the bathroom. Well, while he's gone, Mick Foley's gone. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. And then there's four people, and then they're like, hey, didn't Jeff just go to the bathroom? And he's like, yeah, he did. It's been a while. You know, like they're impatient about how long it takes this man to pee or something. And all of a sudden, Mick Foley, he says, Hey guys, do you want some baby carrots? <laughs> and I, I don't know, it's it's like really weird. And they're planting the seeds to like, do, You don't think it was Mick Foley, do you? And then they're like, no, no, he's just over there doing his job. And then he's, he's eating on those baby carrots, it, almost like, you know, a vicious rabbit or something. And one of them goes to the bathroom, and then they're like, I didn't see Jeff there. And then they're like, hey, have you seen that other guy? Because now two of them went missing. Uh, meanwhile, the two that went missing, Mick Foley went missing too. I'm sorry, I'm getting off topic. Just look it up. College humor, it's hilarious. And he just keeps offering them baby carrots, and I don't know why. Okay. Anyway, The Rock pulls out um, his um, night. The Rock's Nightmare Before Christmas, or Nightmare. The Rock's Night Before Christmas, uh, 
The weather was warm, not a trace of snow. As the rock got ready to whoop Chris Jericho. Jericho's claim to be to be the best, quite brutal. Clearly Jericho is a man with no strudel. And this is this is what the rock is saying about Chris Jericho. He he pulls out this um <clears throat> he pulls out this um uh, book, right? It's supposed to be the night before uh, or the The Rock's Night Before Christmas. Okay. Uh, clearly Jericho is a man with no strudel, is what he says. I'm a living legend. Y2J would sing and he... Trembled with fear. Into the people's ring. Faster than the Scrooge saw the ghost of Christmas past. The Rock would hit the ring and whip Y2J's ass. <laughs> okay, so it was funnier coming from The Rock than it was from me. But um, uh, he says, uh, Jericho always had this thing at this time wherever he would come out and then he would say that he is a living legend. He would sing and... and Trimmed with n no fear. Into the people's ring faster than the Scrooge saw the ghost of Christmas past appear. The rock would hit the ring and whip Y2J's ass. Uh, in a second. Okay. <clears throat> uh, it seemed uh, certain the title would switch as The Rock made Y2J his own punk-ass bitch. Kurt Angle, his uh, music would hit, um, and then after that, he would interrupt The Rock, and Angle uh, comes out uh, knowing... Knows... Okay. Uh, so, Angle comes out, and for whatever reason, he says, uh, because he seems... He sees when you're asleep and uh, he knows when you're awake. Angle says uh, he hopes Santa's not watching tonight because he's going he's going to be a little bit naughty. Angle comes out. Yeah, so whenever Kurt Angle comes out, I'm sorry for stumbling over my words here, but basically he comes out and um, he says something along the lines of St. Nick sounds like a pervert to him because... He sees when he he sees you when you're sleeping, and he knows when you're awake. Only a pervert would know that, right? Especially at all times. So, Angle also comes out whenever he does. He says that um, Vince McMahon is a better gift giver than Santa Claus ever was, because the fact is that Santa Claus could never give a gift. Uh, to the proportion that Vince McMahon just gave um, Kurt Angle. You know that match that you had for the main event, Rock? Which, if you didn't know, I tried to hint at it. Later on in the night, Chris Jericho, the undisputed world champion, 
which means that he holds two championships, much like Daniel Bryan did in our, um, either it was our last episode or the episode before that, wherever I talked about Bryan. <clears throat> but Jericho did it much better than Daniel Bryan could ever hope to at this time. But anyway, um, at that time, Jericho had, um, Jericho had, um, these two championships he had the wcw world championship and he had the um wwf world championship <clears throat> it was also earlier earlier in the night it was announced that there will be the first ever eggnog match so we're gonna see that um it's more or less the co-main event of tonight's tonight's card um, he says that Santa's a pervert because he knows when you're asleep and when you're awake. Angle says uh, he hopes Santa's not watching tonight because he plans on being very naughty. Uh, Angle comes out to say he's been added to the main event title match. That's basically what I was trying to say, but I, I never got around to saying it. So, Kurt Angle will face Chris Jericho, who will also face The Rock in tonight's triple threat. Um... Um, title match for the undisputed WWF championship and since The Rock got interrupted he was halfway through the book that he was reading um, by Kurt Angle Kurt Angle tells the people to shut up and then The Rock says you shut up he says and don't you ever interrupt these people whenever they're calling you an asshole because they were chanting to the top of their lungs asshole asshole just just like that just in unison you had 52,000 people according to JR and uh, King saying asshole they were in The Rock's hometown, by the way, of Miami, Florida. That's why it's significant that, you know, the Hurricanes would win the Rose Bowl that year. If they if they would. I don't know if they did or if they didn't. Uh, Rakishi versus Test. Test pushes and intimidates the ref, Tim White. It tells him that if he wants... T okay, so... um. <clears throat> Test does this, does this type of thing, whatever he, he puts his arms down, and then he basically tells the referee that if he wants to, he can hit him, he can have the first shot, and the referee punches him, and, um, I, I just, it's just terrible. And so it was a DQ finish, and for that matter, it wasn't even that long of a match. Um, it was not that entertaining either. And Test, at this point in time, had this whole gimmick wherever he was like, Oh, I can't be touched. I won some battle royal, and since then, um, I can't be fired. I'm immune for, from being fired for a whole year. Funny part is, about, I don't know, three months or four months would go by, he would get fired. Uh, Santa got Stacy a present, and wouldn't you know it, it's underwear. So it's lingerie, basically, and whenever she gets it, 
she looks at the uh, dressed up Santa Claus, who they keep calling to Jerry Claus because, of course, it's to Jerry in a Santa Claus outfit. And um, whenever they look at the to Jerry Claus and they're basically like smitten with him, I guess you could say, whatever reason, they're like, oh, to Jerry Claus, you know me so well. Oh, my God. Now I can really be naughty, Stacy says. And I'm like, oh my god, we get it, she's a woman. The big show does his best Hulk Hogan impression. And he does a pretty good one too. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> so uh, Billy and Chuck get each other uh, headbands. One that says Billy and one that says Chuck. Can you imagine? They're like, oh man, you got me a gift? No way, I got you a gift too. And then they ended up getting each other a gift. This reminds me of the, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but if you have Disney Plus, or, I mean, you wouldn't really need Disney Plus, but whenever I was a child, I used to have it on a um, VHS, and it was called the uh, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. And every day at Walmart, whenever I'm working at the Walmart, as you know, as you do, Whenever I'm working at the Walmart, sometimes I'll pass by the electronics and then I'll see it digitally uh, remastered. But used to, I just had it on the VHS and I would watch it like every day. And it had three stories. It had one with Donald Duck and his three nephews. Um, they wished that it would be Christmas every day, but eventually it gets tiresome. You know, doing the same thing every day, waking up and it being... That's what makes Christmas so special is the fact that it only comes once a year. Believe it or not. Um, if it were to happen every day, you know, it would get kind of boring. And every day they would wake up and then there would be the same presents under the tree. They would come and they would open them. Every day they would get served breakfast by their Uncle Donald. Every day, you know, just... The cycle just kept on happening until eventually they they eventually got tired of it. Uh, they wished on a shooting star, and that's what happened. Um, the second story is about um, Pete and Goofy and Max. For whatever reason, uh, Max believes in Santa Claus and... Um, <clears throat> In order to prove to him that Santa Claus exists, um, Goofy really didn't have that much, I guess you could say, he really didn't believe in Santa Claus, but instead, whenever Goofy was caught coming down the chimney of their own house just to sell, just to sell the fact that Santa Claus exists or try to get, you know, Max to believe in Santa Claus, whenever Max seen Goofy coming down the chimney and recognized that it wasn't you know jolly saint nick he gets a little bit upset and then he says i guess pete was right you know santa claus doesn't exist and at the end of the episode he ends up getting like his skateboard that he asked for or his snowboard or whatever it is it's something it's like a mouthful whenever he says it it's like it i need my very own tail to toe tip the rails scale to scales uh, original snowboard or something like that and um the third one which was my favorite um my personal favorite the third story that they tell is about mickey who's just trying to get his girlfriend minnie something and um he ends up 
he ends up selling something so that he can get her something and um she ends up getting him something for something that he sold in order to get her something so you know that that one's a really heartwarming story too if you're into uh disney or for that matter if you're into mickey mouse or uh something of that nature mickey mouse and sonic the hedgehog in case you don't know i feel like that i've said this before but if i haven't here you go growing up were my um childhood heroes nonetheless we're gonna get straight back into the um action here i do apologize for the long rambles once again that have absolutely nothing to do with the wrestling and I claim I'm the number one podcast? Sheesh. Bubba Ray Dudley to Taz, you're mad because all the elves all ta are taller than you are. So apparently Bubba Ray Dudley, whenever he's, he's supposed to be dressed up as Santa Claus and he's getting like hammered, you know, and <clears throat> Santa Claus doesn't get hammered. Like, Taz comes up to him, and then he says, you're the worst Santa Claus ever. And he's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be sitting on children's laps, and instead you're sitting on some hoe's lap. And as I said before, um, it was really... How do, how do I say it? It was really a tough time in the WWF back then, they had dueling Christmas parties, if I didn't already say that. Fucking Ric Flair had a Christmas party at the same time um, um, Vince McMahon had a Christmas party. And shenanigans would ensue, as you will soon see. And Bubba Ray Dudley was the uh, Santa Claus for Vince McMahon. And to Jerry was the Santa Claus for um, Ric Flair. As we go to our second wrestling match. As we go to our second wrestling match of the evening. The APA versus Billy and Chuck. I give it two out of five stars. It, it wasn't, wasn't that entertaining. Um primarily I'm looking at these not because you know entertainment you know I'm gonna milk it for every star that I can get on a episode that was about <clears throat> if it wasn't about one thing it was about another uh, primarily I'm looking at these because the holiday season is coming up you know and I'll continue to call it the holiday season and not you know what exactly the event is called by most of us, you know, um, who believe in a savior to come down and it's, you know, at first I was told that it's Jesus's birthday, but then I was told it's not his birthday because chronologically, according to scientists, his birthday would happen in August. Is what they said. Which I don't know how they would know that. But okay. I guess you're the scientist. Not me. You don't have to explain it. That's alright. I don't want to hear the explanation. But anyway. Bubba Ray Dudley basically tells Taz that. You're just mad. Because 
all of my elves are, are taller than you are. So basically calling him a short fuck. At APA versus Billy and Chuck. RVD looking for Chris Jericho because of what happened last week apparently. Uh, finds Lance Storm who tells him that uh, Jericho left him a message. You had your chance and you blew it. And he doesn't have time for losers like you. So, then Steve Austin shows up to Ric Flair's um, Christmas party, whenever he does, which I'm surprised, because if you'll remember, because I remember, because I reviewed it earlier on that year, it, in January of 2001, Ric Flair screwed Steve Austin, and if they were any good at their jobs, they would have carried that over. He would have been a vindictive Steve Austin throughout the holiday season. He would have been one of the most hard to deal with, you know, a Ric Flair, you know, and then Flair goes to shake his hand and then he just busts Flair right a new one, son. He just, you know, that's, that's the Steve Austin way. You DTA, you don't trust anybody, anybody, especially what happened January. What happened in January in 2001? Ric Flair was the special guest referee to a match that I myself, believe it or not, I looked at it. I remember looking at that episode. So, in case you don't know what happens, it ends in some controversy. Some fuckery ensues. There's something that happens in that match between The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin championship match. Or, no, it wasn't. Okay, so it wasn't a championship match. Shut up. It was for the chance to be the champion. So it was for the number one contendership for the championship, which would either be held by Steve, which would either be held by Triple H or Hulk Hogan, where Hogan would win against Triple H, which is another match that I reviewed that happened on the same night. But in case you're unfamiliar. With what happened, I'm going to go ahead and run it down really fast. So The Undertaker beat Steve Austin. But did he really? Because Ric Flair, Ric Flair screwed Steve Austin. At least that's how Austin's seen it. So whenever Flair was the special guest referee for that match, he came down for the one, the two, and the three. Only problem was, Austin had his foot under the rope now if you know anything about professional wrestling it's that if it's not a clean break then you're gonna have to break it because whenever Austin's leg was under that rope that's a clean break you're supposed to basically say hey you know it's, it's a count two try it again Undertaker but instead of that happening the Undertaker would get on out of there. Then, moments later, one Jonathan Coachman would come up to Ric Flair and then say, Hey, uh, Flair, you, you do realize that you just screwed Austin, right? And then Jonathan Coachman, or Ric Flair, would say, No, I didn't. I, I, I called it right down the middle. I called that match right down the middle. And Jonathan Coachman showed him the footage of Austin's, I think it was his leg or his arm, his leg 
uh, if I remember correctly, being right under the ring ropes as Ric Flair, as the special guest referee of that match, counted Steve Austin's, uh, Steve Austin's shoulders to the mat as The Undertaker had him. One, two, three. Ric Flair, whenever he seen that footage of Steve Austin's leg under that rope, as he counted, he looked like he just turned pale white. He'd just seen a ghost because he knew that Austin was going to come for him. Anyway, that's a flashback to um, Backlash. That was at January 2001. Nearly a year, you know, as to this being December 2001. December 24th, to be exact. 10 or 11 months later. What ends up happening is uh, once Austin gets there, though, Austin and Arn Anderson get there, he tells to Jerry Claus what he wants for Christmas. He tells him that he wants a case of beer. He says he wants a fifth of Crown Royal. He says he wants another shot at Booker T. He says he wants some more beer. He says he wants a shot at the Undisputed Championship. He says he wants a brand new pickup truck. He says more beer. He says a deer rifle. He says another middle finger so I can flip everybody off. <laughs> so that's Steve Austin's Christmas list. And if you missed anything, please feel free to listen again. <laughs> and then we take you to our third match of the evening is RVD versus Lance Storm. Storm just got uh, his job back, apparently is the... <clears throat> running story here he was fired a few weeks ago and now he's back on television <clears throat> two out of five stars and um <clears throat> J jr i'm sorry uh, king on commentary wants everybody to know he's not a messenger boy but speaking of messenger boys uh, uh, he's talking about lance storm I recently got a new Discord. That's right. Look at that. Yay. New Discord. It says plug the Discord. So that's what I'm doing. Um, it says plug the merchandise. Ask for donations. And talk about an upcoming Christmas giveaway. Oh, look at that. A Christmas giveaway. So there will be Christmas giveaway to come soon. Thank you all so much for joining me. Please stay tuned for more episodes like this one. There will be a Christmas giveaway, and there will also be um, more tied-in blessings. And also there is a um, Discord server. Um, it's, it's dead, basically. But I'll have to add moderators. I'll have to, I guess... Um, hire some some moderators some moderations and the next thing that happens <clears throat> Booker T call gets called a liar even though uh, Maven never called him a liar questioning or even for that matter questioned his truth-telling um and it's also a weird place to conduct an interview is right in the middle of, like, they're having, like, this big hoopla of a party. You know, everybody's having a good time. And then all of a sudden, 
you see this lady with a microphone, much like I have a microphone right now, and um, what ends up happening is she's interviewing Maven, who is the winner of the Tough Enough, which is a reality-based program that WWE used to do, believe it or not, um, wherever they took like 12 or 14 or 18 or 25 people, and then they would basically put them through the ringer, almost like a drill sergeant type of camp of some sort wherever they would say hey you know week after week we're going to teach you what it takes to be a wwe superstar <coughs> and that's exactly what they would try to do they would try to teach them about charisma they would try to teach them about uh personality they'd try to teach them about um endurance they'd try to teach them um what it takes to be a professional wrestler you know you, like you can't give up you can't just say oh man this sucks i'm just gonna throw in the towel i swear to god if he hits me one more time I, i'm just gonna you know let loose on him you gotta have a good headspace for that you know but anyway this lady uh shows up with a microphone and she's like interviewing maven how does it feel to be the first tough enough winner you know and also his interview skills like need some work so i wrote down some direct quotes and also the questions that they were asking him <clears throat> he said i'm really liking it that's it you know and i put here in my notes care to elaborate a little bit more you know um oh okay well she asked about the WWF programming. How do you like the WWF programming? And then he says, I'm really liking it. And just like I said it right there, almost a monotone voice with with like no infla inflation behind it, you know? He's like, oh, I, I like it a lot. I, I'm really liking the WWF programming. Yeah, I get it. You know, every interview is probably going to be your job on the line, especially if you don't agree with the meta of what professional wrestling is. Another question that they ask him, <clears throat> you know, like whenever I say elaborate a little bit more, you know, what do you like? Maybe you something nice about the tag team division, uh, the match that just took place between RVD and Lance Storm. Or even the main event later on tonight. Uh, Tough Enough 2 competition. What does he have to say about that? He says, oh my god, it's unbelievable. That's it? Oh my god, it's unbelievable. So I'm really gonna, gonna take some time here and hope and pray that someone wrote that for him. Because if they didn't, and that's just what he had to say, I can see why he got fired. That There you go. You, you know, you just don't. And also, The Undertaker pretty much killed him, you know. So, <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. The Undertaker killed him. Okay, so, and then they ask him, what what's like something you've been enjoying this past week or something like that? And then he ends up saying something along the lines of that grocery store scene last week was funny, was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Booker T comes up to him and then he says, you calling me a liar? What? He wasn't calling you a liar? He didn't 
question your truth-telling skills. He didn't do anything to you, Booker. He just said that watching you get your ass beat in the grocery store by Stone Cold Steve Austin last week or two weeks ago was the funniest thing that he had seen in a, quote, long time. And now I take you to our first ever eggnog match as Tori Wilson versus Stacy Keebler. <clears throat> so, for whatever reason, King, Jerry the King Lawler, yes, he is the pervert of the two uh, commentators, talks about going down there and drinking the eggnog that these two women are wrestling in. And and Jr. to his dismay asks, you know, are are you being are you being serious right now? And then King ends up saying, "Are you kidding, Jr.? I would drink their bath water." <sighs> so if you don't know, there was a scam online. Well, it really wasn't a scam. I mean, some girl made money off of it, so I guess it wasn't a, really a scam, but... And the result of it really wasn't a scam either, seeing as though that there were like... 75 to maybe 35... 35 to maybe 45 cases of herpes or hepatitis, one of the two, or both... Um, getting transmitted to a woman... By the name of Bella Dalphine, or not to, but from a woman by the name of Bella Dalphine, who had sold her gamer girl bath water. It's water that she had basically taken a bath in, and there were like 45 guys online, or 50, or 60, however many, um... I guess, you know one of those little small cups that they give you to pee in during like a a urine test? Yeah, it was one of those cups. She was selling them online. And Bella Delphine basically... Well, some someone got herpes. Someone got hepatitis. Also, I'm going to check and see if that guy messaged me back and he hasn't. Okay, okay, wonderful. Anyway, despite the, are you kidding, I would drink their bath water, Tori spanks Stacy. Stacy holds Tori under the eggnog, rolling around in the eggnog, and Tori wins. So, you might be asking yourself, though, how in the hell do you win an eggnog match? Well, apparently, even though it's a inflatable rubber toy filled with you know one of those bath no it's not bath hang on it's one of those uh pools for like children you put your child in a bikini i'm gonna assume and you know or their swim trunks and you let them just splash around i i guess it's one of those things one of those things that you gotta like blow up or pump air into somehow you know i'm trying to demonstrate how to blow it up i don't know why two and a half out of five stars it was now 
this is just me talking, okay? I mean, the crowd enjoyed it too, but it was like really, really sexy. I mean, honestly, it was. Seeing two um, grown women, for whatever reason, just rolling around in eggnog, I can almost, almost agree with uh, Jerry Lawler's sentiments, even though I, I wouldn't drink their bathwater. That, that's just, no, no, you know, I don't, I'm good. I don't know what kind of soaps she's using, you know, and for that matter, I don't need any sort of yeast infection of the throat, you know, I don't need that, so, no, but it was very sexy, um, and the crowd seemed to like it, and I put on my notes here, really nice content. Even though, I mean, two and a half out of five stars. And I would have given it three stars, but there was no wrestling. This was just entertainment, not really any wrestling, you know? And that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the meat and potatoes. I'm here for the wrestling. So then we go to Vince McMahon's party. And <clears throat> Stephanie McMahon shows up. So if you don't know what happened between Stephanie and her father um, around this time... I'm going to give you a little bit of, just just a small bit of background. So at this time, they had something known as the Invasion storyline. Um, <clears throat> Stephanie McMahon and her, her, almost said her cousin, her brother Shane, um, had this big group of, of WCW, ECW, and... Uh, yeah, it was basically WCW and ECW uh, superstars who, for whatever reason, they felt like they were being held back. And they felt as though that, and keep in mind, this was in maybe November or throughout October into November. So it might have been like four weeks, maybe five weeks before we had seen Stephanie McMahon again because she and her brother Shane were f promptly fired from you know, ever being seen on TV again for however long. <clears throat> but Stephanie McMahon comes up to, oh yeah, those, sorry, sorry. I was about to give you half the story. So for whatever reason, the invasion storyline ended up falling through. They ended up losing like all of those superstars who, if they would have won, they would have, like, gained control, I'm putting that in air quotes, of the WWF, but they didn't. They lost, like, most of, if not all of their matches, if not the one that truly counted, which was the one for creative control over the WWE. <clears throat> so, WCW and ECW were then sort of buried, like... If you look anywhere on the internet, you'll basically see anyone and everyone shitting all over that match because, you know, Vince McMahon couldn't let his, his creative vision die. His WWE, to him, was more precious than seeing all of these stars that he could have made. Take, for instance, AEW. AEW has a lot, and I mean a lot, of young talent, and they let them they let them go off and do other things other than be confined or chained to WWE programming. Take FTR, for instance. They are the um, reigning, defending, 
at this time, um, tag team champions in not one, in not two, in not three, but four different tag team divisions. That, that's unheard of right now. FTR is number one in the tag team division in professional wrestling. Not in one company, not in two companies, not in three companies, but in four fucking wrestling companies. And you can't beat it. There's nothing like that here today. And there probably never will be. Um, but that's, that's just what I mean. Um, like I said, if you wanted to, you could go online and probably look up how they fucked up the invasion storyline. I really wouldn't know how to, uh, promptly fix it, you know? The point is, Stephanie McMahon comes in, um, to see her father, um, at his Christmas party. <coughs> she hasn't seen in a while, I put probably, due to the invasion story, uh, if, now I could be wrong, but it fits. <coughs> to give him a money clip, and it's got something engraved on it, but Mr. McMahon, Wants to know what she wants. Dad, it's the holidays. And then he's like, don't you give me that crap. That it's the holidays crap, you know. Get the fuck out of here is basically what he says. And after his daughter runs away, you know, and she's crying. Or she's at least doing... <laughs> okay, fine, I'll leave. You know, at least she's doing that. While she's doing that, um, what ends up happening is the party just dies, basically. And then McMahon says, what are y'all looking at me for? Party, damn it! And then they're like, oh yeah, party. <laughs> they just get back to partying and drinking the punch and whatever else. Christian comes out. And whenever he does, where he says anything with the word hurricane is pathetic and no talent. And then after that, it's almost like the hurricane just springs into action. So, stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. And then all of a sudden he's just running down to the ring and... Christian versus Hurricane for the European Championship. And, um, <clears throat> I give it two out of five stars. Not many, you know, not too much to say about it because it's over in like three minutes, four minutes tops. And I couldn't even write down any sort of spots or anything like that. Our next match is Booker T versus Maven, um, because. He was like, hey man, I'm not trying to make fun of you or anything. You know, I didn't say anything derogatory toward you. He's like, now, now, come on now. You know, like Maven doesn't want any part of Booker T. And I gave it one out of five stars. Because, once again, it's kind of like, oh, it's... It's just over in in a matter of seconds. It's just over. It's not that entertaining, but it's over. Highest rated match so far is that eggnog match. Um, and that wasn't even 
you know, necessarily very entertaining, but I mean, it, it's, it's kind of cute. Santa Claus match as Tajiri Claus faces off against Bubba Ray Claus. Now, if you'll remember, I said that there were two um, Christmas parties happening. Um, there was Tajiri, who was the Santa Claus for the Ric Flair, and there was Bubba Ray, who was the Santa Claus for <coughs> for Mr. McMahon. And I gave it two and a half out of five stars. Honestly, one of the better matches of the night. As um, Taz, if you'll remember, Bubba Ray ended up saying, you're just mad because all of the elves are taller than you are. Or all of his elves, rather, are taller than, you know, Taz is. <clears throat> and Bubba Ray ends up coming down and uh, costing... Uh, I'm sorry, shit. Taz ends up coming down and costing Bubba Ray the match. Uh, the Undertaker puts Jeff Hardy through a table um, by the ring ramp and then throws Lita off the stage entrance ramp. Probably a four to six foot drop plus the height of The Undertaker doing the last ride. Um, Matt Hardy requested a street fight on SmackDown the following Friday after that Monday. And The Undertaker beats Hardy with a foreign object to the throat. <clears throat> so he basically puts it up against his throat. And then after that, he jams, like, um, Hardy's, um, almost like pulls on the back of his, his, uh, head, the back of his neck, and then jams whatever that was I think that it was a steel chair into his esophagus onto the uh, floor. <clears throat> May Young, who's according to J according to Jerry Lawler, older than the dinosaurs, drops her panties, uh, brings up, and then I'm supposed to. So I reviewed the Royal Rumble 2001, and if in case you don't know. May Young on national television at that point in time she she got naked she got naked because she was the first ever Miss Rumble Miss Royal Rumble whatever it was it was like the Royal Rumble pageant thing that ended up happening and then May Young said that she came out to show her puppies and whenever she showed her puppies that's exactly what they didn't want to see and everybody was about to lose their lunch. Well, here about the same thing happened. Um, after they show like a recap of what happened to the to the Hardy Boys, and you remember how I said that there were two Christmas parties: Vince McMahon's Christmas party and, of course, um, Ric Flair's Christmas party. Well. Vince McMahon's Christmas party ends up getting interrupted by Steve Austin, who was previously at Ric Flair's Christmas party. Um, and he comes in while Mae Young is undressing, while she's got her panties below her ankles. And, um... Yep. So... He knocks out Mr. McMahon. After that, he puts, um... He puts Pat Patterson... 
or it could have been yeah it was pat patterson he uh puts him in the punch bowl and makes him kind of drown in the punch and then after that he takes gerald briscoe and right where may young is right where her panties are he he goes ahead and he flips briscoe over and he's got a clean shot gerald briscoe bless his heart has a clean shot up may young's um old crusty butt and yep yep that happened so i'm extremely sorry for anyone hoping that this would be a good clean podcast with, with nothing but the best of professional wrestling that's what I try to bring you every week. By the way, if you haven't already, tell your friends, tell your family, tell someone nearby to give me five star rating. That's exactly what I'm asking you for. <clears throat> A five star rating, because I know that you're, you're laughing so hard you can't stand it right now, but, but watching this was kind of painful. And now I take you... To ladies and gentlemen, the main event of the evening. The United, the United, the undisputed championship match as Chris Jericho, the champion, faces off against Kurt Angle and faces off against The Rock. Now, here's the closing moments of the wrestling match and one thing that really made me mad. <coughs> Earl Hebner got knocked, got knocked out. But why have a ref bump in a triple threat match? It makes no sense. There's already no disqualification. It's already a no disqualification contest. So whatever shenanigans, and I put that in air quotes, that ensue uh, could have taken place with the ref already being up. It's got nothing to do with the fact that the referee was knocked out. You know, like if the referee wasn't knocked out, they could have done the same thing. The only problem was they would have had to somehow look Chris Jericho taps out while the referee is um down Chris Jericho taps out to his own finishing maneuver the the lion tamer sorry I had to remember I was like no it's not the lion it's the lion something but I don't know why I forgot his, his finishing maneuver at this time. But anyway, he had to do away with the line tamer because it started hurting people's necks. Um, and then he had to start calling it the Walls of Jericho. And um, <clears throat> uh, he drastically changed it to make it look more like a Boston Crab is what they call it. But anyway, the referee gets knocked down and... Jericho taps out. Then I'm like, oh, okay, that's why they had the referee knocked down. So that they could hide the fact that Jericho was tapping out. Uh, Angle comes in. He starts hitting a whole bunch of German suplexes left and right. He's hitting suplexes here. He's hitting suplexes there. And for the most part of this match, Jericho and Angle don't even face each other. It's all about keeping the rock down. Keeping the rock on the ground. Because they do not want the rock to win. In his hometown and... I'm going to put this in air quotes, humiliate Chris Jericho. It wouldn't have humiliated Chris Jericho at all. Jericho was a top athlete. He wouldn't have been humiliated at all. And if anything, you would have got a 90-day rematch clause. So, 
there you go. Um, whatever shenanigans uh, could have taken place while the ref was up. There's no need for a ref bump. Uh, could have done regardless of the ref being up or not. Kurt Angle grabbing a steel chair and whomping the rock in Y2J. It could have been done while the referee... That was the one nitpick, maybe the biggest nitpick, that I had of this entire uh, contest. But nonetheless, everybody put on a solid show. And I didn't know whether... I mean, it interrupted so... It interrupted... What the fuck did I just say? It... It cut so abruptly you know it it ended rather so abruptly um like the next thing i knew i thought that i was seeing like whenever a wrestling match ends usually what you see is like oh he hit his finishing move yay one two three but in this case it was a good thing <clears throat> simply because it doesn't follow the same traditional formula you know which you usually get used to seeing each and every week. Next week, I suppose, we will look at another holiday episode from WWE. Once again, why not? Why not look at another holiday episode from WWE? Keep in mind, this was um, Christmas Eve 2001. And I gave it four out of five stars. Thank you all so much for joining me this week. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, I know that I haven't done this bit in a while, but I've been meaning to do this bit. Um, every two or three weeks. So, let's get straight to it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it seems to be that time again. Time to shave the cat. What? What? Why would I? Why would I shave a cat? That that doesn't make much sense. This is not the shaving cat podcast. Get out of here with that. It, time to make fun of your mom. Why would I? I don't even know if she listens. Why would I make fun of my mom? It, and it, it's sad that that's the first thing that I think about is. You know, I don't even know if she listens. I highly doubt it. Because, of course, time to give away a free pickup truck. What do I look like, a bank? God damn. Get the fuck out of here. It's time to close the show. Give away a free pickup truck. What do you think I am? The IRS? Just leave. Go. Go. No, you're not going to say anything else. You're not going to say something that's going to possibly... Time to threaten ISIS? Why would I threaten ISIS? I'm, I'm never threatening ISIS. What? Why would I threaten a terrorist group that possibly has longer arms than Jesus? Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for joining me. I hope no one from ISIS is listening to this broadcast for my sake 
I'm Mocha. You're not. That's a wrap. Everybody have a good night. That's a wrap. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.